0: The worship team is a blessing, isn't it? You know, it's, it's a great thing to sing these songs, and Randy leads us, and we have practices all through the week, and we look forward to it. And it's a special treat for me to give the message after the worship team. And I love all our singers, our soloists, our choir, youth choir, kids choir. We have a lot of musical talent in our church, and we're thankful for each one that uses their skills and abilities and gifts that God gives for the glory of God. Shall we just open in prayer our Heavenly Father? We pray as we come before You that You will speak to our hearts today from Your Word. Lord, we pray that it will come alive to us. We know what we're going through in our lives, but we don't always know what others are going through, but the Holy Spirit does. And so we pray that the Spirit of God will pour down His blessing On our meeting today and that you will lead us and guide us and please hide me behind the cross Lord And we just pray that you will receive all the glory and all the praise and we thank you and praise you in Jesus name Amen You know Jim Welsh is a jeweler and he's very good at his job with diamonds And there's a big difference between a real diamond And an imitation diamond Even in the world today, you hear such things as it's the real thing or it's the genuine article. And then you hear things like the others, it's an imitation, it's a counterfeit, things like that. But there's a big difference and Jim can relate to this. I'm not a specialist in diamonds, but there are those who are. And they say that a a diamond can be tested to see whether it's real or not. It's called the water test. And you take the, the imitation diamond and you take the real diamond and you put them underwater. And what happens is the imitation diamond can almost be extinguished by the water. But the real thing, the real diamond sparkles under the water and shines brilliantly. And it's a perfect illustration of a genuine Christian who goes through the waters of affliction and shines for Jesus because he is born again or she is born again. Versus an imitation. People that say, oh, I'm saved, but you don't see it in their lives. You don't see any change in their lives. You don't see them living for for Jesus. And so they're like an imitation diamond that when the waters of affliction come and they come to everybody, saved or unsaved, go through difficulties, problems, trials in their life. But the true Christian will come through it better than when they went in. And that's what God does. And someone said, Many seem confident of their faith as long as they have no trials, but when the waters of sorrow and affliction overflow them, their faith loses its brilliancy. It is under these circumstances that the true child of God shines like a genuine jewel. I'd ask you this morning, are you the real thing? Are you a genuine Christian? Does your life show it in your words, in your actions, in the way you respond to people? Only God knows. But He knows how to bring trials into our lives that we need to go through. And I think if God left it up to us, we would either choose to have no trials at all, Or we would choose the easiest, shortest, and least painful trials of all. But I thank God that it's not up to me to choose my trials, And it's not up to you to choose your trials. It's not up to you to choose your cross or your thorn. It's up to God. Because He knows where we are in our spiritual walk. And He knows where He wants to take us to be. To higher heights with Him. To a deeper walk. And more love to Jesus. And so the title of our message today is two words. Through, three words. Three, through it all. Through it all. And at the end of our message today, we're going to sing that Andre Crouch song titled by that same term. You know, the word through is a very common word, isn't it? We all know what it means, through. But in spiritual terms, it has special significance when it comes to the trials that God brings us through. The word through can be defined as in one side and out the other. From start to finish, from beginning to end, to the conclusion of, and that's what God does. He uses the intensity of the fire not to burn us, but to refine us. He uses the floods and the waters that we go through, not to drown us, but to test and develop our faith. And so God knows what he's doing. And he does it in his perfect timing and according to his perfect will. Someone once said, in adversity, we usually want God to do a removing job, but in actuality, he wants to do an improving job. So what happens when the trials come? The very first thing that comes to our minds is get me out of it, Lord. Get me out of it, Lord. I want to get out of it now. But you had just started the trial. You just began. God is just beginning to work. But we want it to end right away. And God has a plan and he has a timing in it all along. And someone once said, to realize the worth of the anchor you have to fully realize the intensity of the storm. You know, an anchor does its job to hold that ship from moving. And it's easy when there's no storm. But when the storm comes, that anchor holds. It holds in Christ. And our anchor holds in Jesus Christ. So no matter what we go through, what losses we have, what difficulties we have, what hardships we have, Our anchor is held firm in Jesus Christ, so we're not going to be moved by it. That's why the genuine Christian is not overwhelmed and moved by the trials, but is drawn closer to his Savior, or her Savior, in their lives. So we're going to look at this topic today of through it all. And if you'll look with me, and Ed will put it on the screen, Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 7. I've been reading through the Bible this year, from beginning to end, there's different ways you can do it. You can read through the New Testament and Old Testament and get to the whole through the whole Bible. Or you can read it different ways. And one of the ways is to read it from start to finish, Genesis to Revelation. And in Deuteronomy 2.7, Moses is speaking to the new generation. He's speaking to those who have come through the wilderness, the 40 years in the wilderness, and now they're ready to go into the promised land. Their parents, their fathers and mothers, they all perished in the wilderness because of their lack of faith, their unbelief. They're grumbling and complaining over and over again. They called the children victims. Oh, we're victims. Well, the victims were the ones who went into the promised land and the ones who complained and disbelieved in God. They did not. And in Deuteronomy 2, 7, Moses says to the people, for the Lord, your God has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He knows you're trudging through this great wilderness. See the word through. It's going to be in a lot of verses today. He knows you're trudging through this great wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you. You have lacked nothing. How many of us can say affirmatively this morning, since I've become a Christian, the Lord has taken care of me and I have lacked nothing. We can say that. Because everything we have is from Him. And if He takes anything away, it's something we shouldn't have had in the first place or don't need to have or is not good for us to have. And so we thank God that He knows all and He brings us through. And there's three great results of trials in our lives. Number one, He gives us growth through our trials. Number two, He gives us encouragement and comfort through our trials. And number three, he gives us the victory through our trials. You know, the apostle Paul went through so many trials and afflictions in his life, and he cataloged them. He, he wrote them down in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 28. If you go home and read this passage, you will say, wow, how much Paul went through, how much he suffered for the sake of Jesus. And even when he got saved, the the Lord told Ananias to tell Paul, see how many things he's going to experience, the afflictions and trials that he's going to go through. He mentions in this portion, here's some of the things he went through. Labors, stripes, imprisonments, beatings, shipwrecks, dangers on the journey, weariness, toil, sleeplessness, hunger, thirst, fasting, nakedness and the daily burden of the saints upon his heart. Can you imagine if when you got saved, the Lord handed you a card and it said all these things you're going to go through on that? So many people would run the other way. Well, if this is Christianity, I don't want that kind of life. But Paul, when he was on the road to Damascus, he said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord showed him what he would have him to do to preach the gospel, to teach the word, to establish churches. And in the process of that, he went through much persecution and he went through all these things that happened to him. And you know what? At the end of his life, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. And now is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me. And not only to me, but to all those who of his name. We're so thankful for the trials because we're, we're not thankful for the pain of the trials or the hurt or the sorrow or these things, but we're thankful for the results that God does in our lives through the pain and sorrow and affliction that we go through. So our first point this morning is that God gives us growth through these trials and afflictions. I personally know that I have grown more through my trials than I've grown when things are easy and things are going well. It's just by nature the way we are. Because when things are going well, we kind of take it for granted. We take the Lord for granted. We take things that say, well, we're doing well, I'm doing well, the family's doing well, everything's going good. But when things are going rough, we run to the Lord and depend on Him because we need Him so much. So God knows when to send us the trials how long they should last and what purpose they should have in our lives so he gives us growth through our trials secondly he gives us not only growth but he gives us encouragement and comfort recently we had in our verse of the day that we send out every morning the subject of 2 Corinthians chapter 2 uh, 1 verses 3 through 5 and how Paul talks about the the comfort that he received and other believers received through the trials and how we then can, can comfort others. And it says in Second in Corinthians 1, 3 to 3-5, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation or all our trials and difficulties, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And when I wrote that that devotion that morning, I thought of two ladies in our church. Number one is Jessica. Jessica went through so much at such a tender age. You were 18, right, when the cancer came? And the blessing that she has received from this is that she has been comforted by the Lord and then she has then comforted others who were going through similar things time and time again. And then along came our dear sister and sweet sister, Sherry. And to watch these sisters and how they went through it, to see the Lord's hand, to see him taking care of them and bringing them through, through. He doesn't take us around the problem or above it or underneath it. He takes us through it And not only does he take us through it, but he's right there by our side going through it with us. That's what's such a blessing. The Lord is with us through the things that we go through. A.B. Simpson once said, you will have no test of faith that will not fit you to be a blessing if you are obedient to the Lord. I never had a trial, but when I came out of the deep river, I found some poor pilgrim on the bank that I was able to help by that very experience. It's so true. A lot of times people say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. And maybe the person doesn't, but maybe they do. Maybe they do know what you're going through because they've gone through something similar. It doesn't have to be the exact thing either. God can use you. maybe you had one type of trial and somebody else is having another, but you can share how God brought you through and it can be a blessing to it. Job's three friends, they had the greatest opportunity in the world to be comforters, but instead they they were comforters in the beginning. They kept silent and they stood by him and prayed with him, but silent. But then they started bringing up, Job, you have sinned against God and this is the reason these trials have come upon you and you're not right with God. You, You can't be right with God with all these trials. And finally, in the end, Job is vindicated. The Lord speaks to him and humbles him. And then he tells him to go pray for your three friends that were talking to you like this because they were not right in what they said. And Job came through it better than when he went into it. Job's end was better than his beginning. And I love the fact that David... King David found such comfort and solace and blessing in the trials that he went through in life. Instead of becoming bitter, he became better. Instead of singing songs of the blues, he sang songs of praise to God. And I love that uh, portion of scripture in Psalm chapter 23. It's so familiar. It's read at funerals. It's, people in the world know it like they do John three sixteen. They don't know the full meaning of what it means, but they do know them. And J- David said in Psalm 23, verse 4, here's our word through again. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, David doesn't say, though I walk through death. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes death casts a shadow upon us and it doesn't mean we're going to die, but it means it's such a shadow upon us that it brings us sorrow and, and difficulty and, and we bring has worry in our lives. But he says, yea, though I walk through that valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil because you're with me. And that's the whole joy and difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is we have both have trials, both have difficulties, both have problems, but only one has the Lord and the Lord makes the difference. He's the difference. He's a difference maker in our lives. I love that verse in Psalm 84 and verses 5 and 6 that speak of these difficulties that we go through and how we can get encouraged by it. It says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Beka, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. Now that word Beka means weeping. So though we go through weeping, though we go through sorrow, though we go through problems, the Lord takes it and uses it. And if you've ever heard of that book, that devotional book called Streams in the Desert, I mean, that's the last place you'll find a stream is in a desert, right? That's It's a desert because there's no water. But when Jesus is in our life, he gives us springs in the desert. He gives us water in the desert to keep us going in this particular way. Someone once said this, the particular thorn which troubles you Whether it be a positive distress of something present or a lack of something desired or sought after is undoubtedly for your good. You may not see it, but it may be keeping you humble, keeping you safe and teaching you to lean on God. And that's one of the greatest lessons we can have through the trials: is to lean on God. So many times we lean on our own understanding. We, we we lean on our own skills and talents and abilities and education and these things, and it fails us because we're fallible people. We're in we're finite. We we don't have all the answers. But when we lean on the Lord, He does, and He can strengthen us through the things that we go through. Another great verse is, is Isaiah forty three. And verse two, it's so encouraging to our hearts that he gives us. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Reminds us of our three friends, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I want to meet them. Don't you want to meet them one day in the future? What was it like when you were taken from your home there in, in, in Israel and you were brought to this foreign land and when they, and, and they put you into the service of the king and you put you through all this training and then did all these things. And what was it like when they put you into that hot, fiery furnace, turned up seven times hotter than it would ever been turned up before. And they went into that, with that fiery furnace that would burn anything and everyone. In fact, the people that threw them in even got singed and burned. But at the end, when they brought them out, not only had they not been burned, but Mike as a good fireman. They didn't even have the smell of smoke. That's your favorite part, right? They didn't even have the smell of smoke. That shows when God does a miracle, he does it all the way. They were not only burnt, not burned, but they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. And when God brings us through these things, he does it for the purpose of encouraging us and encouraging others too, who get the blessing from it. Because we read the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. We read the story of Daniel who went through the lion's den and not. And those lions were fierce and powerful. And he was down in the lion's den And not one of those lions touched him because the Lord had calmed them completely down. And yet when he came out of the lion's den and they throw those other people into the lion's den, it says they were the lions crushed their bones before they even reached the bottom of the lion's den. And that's what shows the miracle of what God had done. He brought them through it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to go through the fire. Daniel had to go through the lion's den. Job had to go through all those trials he went through. Paul went through all these trials. But in the end, they were encouraged. In the end, they were comforted and they have brought great comfort and encouragement to us as well. I love the hymn. It's entitled, God leads his dear children along. And one of the Lines in that song, it's a chorus, it says, God leads his dear children along, some through the waters, some through the flood. Uh, uh, Some through the waters, some through the flood. Some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Sometimes we go through the fire. Sometimes we go through the flood. Sometimes deep waters. But it's all for our good. And then finally, the third thing this this morning. Not only does God give us growth through our trial and encouragement and comfort through our trial, but he gives us victory through our trials as well. And that is so important. And one of the greatest victories in the whole Bible was the victory at the Red Sea. When Israel was there and Pharaoh and his army are marching toward them to kill them, to destroy them. And they're, and them and ahead of them are is the Red Sea and on the side are the mountains and there's no way out. And this was the greatest victory for Israel in their history. And Moses t- told the people in Exodus chapter 14 and verses 13 and 14, and it's so beautiful. He says, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. You're going to accomplish it yourself? No. You're going to win the victory over Pharaoh with all his army and chariots and things? No. God's going to win it. God's going to do it. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. But you know that's easy for us to say it and think about it. But when you're in the middle of a trial, we wanna—we don't want to stand still. It's uncomfortable. We want to do something. I've got to do something about my situation. I've got to do something to change it. I've got to alter it somehow. Uh, I'll think of plan A. I'll think of plan B or if I have to go to plan Z. But we shouldn't. The first plan for us should be to cast ourselves on the Lord. And ask him, Lord, what do you want to show me through this difficulty, through this trial, through this affliction? And he will show us. But he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. It's like it says, another verse, that says, be still and know that I am God. And so every Israelite knew the story of the Red Sea. They knew the victory that God had given them over Egypt and over Pharaoh And they were blessed by it. And so they would pass this down to generation to generation to generation. Don't forget what God did for us. And for the Christian, our Red Sea moment was at the cross of Calvary. When Jesus took our place on the cross and he bore our sin and he won the victory over sin. He won the victory over death. He won the victory over the devil. That's our watershed moment just like the Israelites' watershed moment was at the Red Sea, our watershed moment was at the cross of Calvary. And when the Lord fights for us, He gives us the victory. Not a partial victory, but a complete victory. And that's what God does. He fights for us. He works for us. In Psalm 60 and verse 12, David says, Through God we will do valiantly, for it is He who shall tread down our enemies. And of course, our enemies as Christians are just three. We only have three enemies. We should only have three enemies. Nobody should ever be our enemy except the world, the flesh, which is inside of us, which is the sinful nature, and the devil. Those are our three enemies. It was so funny. One couple came up to me and we had to correct a situation with a check that was written. And the person said, I hope, don't hate me for this. And then her husband said, well, I don't think Dean hates anybody. (laughs) And it was so funny because it's true. I don't hate anybody. I don't have any enemies except the devil is my enemy. The world is my enemy. The flesh is my enemy. Now, if somebody wants to become my enemy and treat me bad, Jesus says to turn the other cheek. He says to pray for my enemies. So we really can't have any enemies like this because God is so good to us. But he gives us the victory. And I read a story about a missionary by the name of William Carey. And he was a famous missionary in India, pioneer missionary. He went there to preach the gospel. And for years and years, he translated the word of God into the native dialect in e- India to, to give out the gospel. And one day over in England, some supporters sent him a printing press. And he was so thrilled and so excited that now he could print the word of God with this printing press. He didn't have to do it by hand anymore. And so he used this printing press and it was going well. They were printing Bibles and all kinds of literature and things. And one day when he wasn't there, they had a fire. And the fire came and destroyed the printing press. It destroyed many of the manuscripts that he had worked on, many of the Bibles for distribution were destroyed by it. But instead of getting discouraged over this tragic loss, he showed no sign of despair or impatience. Instead, he knelt and thanked God that he still had the strength to do the work over again. So he began at the beginning... And he went on to do the same. He went through and translated and did all these things and printed out all the Bibles. They said not only had he done the second time as much as he did the first time, but he was able to begin, to go even beyond that because he didn't despair over it. He said this can be used as a victory for the Lord and he did. A lot of times they say don't cry over spilled milk. And that expression is used so many times. Literally, sometimes we do spill milk and it doesn't smell good, right? It's bad and you've got to clean it up. But instead of worrying about what you did, instead of worrying about what happened, like William Carey, get up, pray to the Lord and say, Lord, give me the strength to do it again. Give me the strength to get off the ground, off the floor and to get going. And he'll give us that strength. Those trials that we go through can be used in our lives to give us victory. And as the the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57, Paul writing to the Corinthians says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We may feel like quitting. And how many of us have felt that way at work or whatever? Oh, I want to quit. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to tell the boss what I think of him and I'm going to tell him you can take this job and you can shove it, right? I don't want to work for you anymore or whatever like that. We tend to want to quit when things get rough. But when it gets rough, that's when we have to trust the Lord to take us through it. And we'll be such a testimony and blessing when we do because these trials are timed. God has the time on it. Dean, it's not finished yet. Your trial's not over yet. This job isn't done yet. This situation isn't complete yet. Keep going. And when we do that, we get, we grow, we get comfort and encouragement, and we get victory when we go through these trials in the Lord's way. So may the Lord encourage us today to go through these trials and to count it all joy when we encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of our faith produces endurance. And when God grows our faith, He grows our faith through trials. Now, we can grow other ways too, but we don't grow much unless we have the trials. And when we go through these trials, we get encouraged. It deepens our walk with the Lord. We appreciate what He's done for us. And the other day when I was meditating on this, I was thinking, since I've become a Christian... What have I been through? And I started, I didn't write them down, but it's a good thing to, to do is to write down the list. Like we write down our blessings sometimes. We should write down the things we've been through. Well, I've been through this. I've been through that. I've been through the other. And the, pretty soon when you write down these things, I was in the hospital. I was tested for a heart condition. I went through all of this. I, had, I lost my job several times, different jobs, right? And you start thinking about it and you say, wow, look at all the things God has brought me through. Look at all the things he's done in my life that would not have happened had I not had those trials and experiences. And so I ask you today, I challenge you today, I encourage you today, go home and write down your through list. Things that God has brought you through in the distant past, in the, and in the more recent past, and put them down. And then thank God. Wow, Lord, you brought me through that, and this, and the other thing. And look at that. I've come through stronger. I've come through better. I've grown. I've become a better Christian as a result of it. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the trials you've brought us through. We thank you that each one of us has a through list. We can look back and see how you've carried us through. These difficulties and times in our lives where we didn't think we could go forward one more inch. And we thank you that you brought us through. We're here today because you brought us through. We're here today because you went through the the cross, Lord Jesus. You died for our sins on the cross. And we pray that if there's anyone here today that has not accepted you as their Lord and Savior, that they'll repent of their sins and turn to you and ask you for forgiveness and receive you into their life as their personal Lord and Savior. Lord, all of us need you. We need you desperately. We need you through the days and weeks and months of our years that we go through. And so we pray, Lord, that you will be our sufficiency and our strength. And when we're in our times of sorrow and trial and difficulty, help us to cling to you, Lord, to hold on tight and know that you're going to take us through this journey just like you took the Israelites through the great journey in the wilderness and brought them into the promised land, you're going to bring us through this life and you're going to bring us into heaven one day and we'll be there with you forever. Please accept our thanks this morning. Please encourage our hearts and thank you for the growth, the encouragement and comfort and the victory we get through these trials, though they are painful, Lord, and difficult. They're for our good. And we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.